WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this um, Tuesday morning. We asked uh, Council President Dan Gendron to join us, and he has joined us, uh, and we'll be interviewing him in a few moments on the Upfront program. And uh, tomorrow, um, usually, we have the mayor, and uh, I can't see why we wouldn't have the mayor tomorrow. So we'll uh, assume, although that's always a dangerous thing for Roger, that uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt will be with us. On uh, the program on Wednesday, then uh, Chris Boulay on Thursday, and then John Brien's program on Friday. Our program is sponsored by The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket. And, uh, you know, they've been conducting workshops at The Honey Shop. And um, my wife and I went to one a uh, couple of weeks ago on cooking, and we enjoyed ourselves. And uh, they are doing very nicely with these workshops, and here is a list of workshops coming up all on different uh, types of uh, different types of uh, shall we say issues like for instance Sunday February 6th foraging exploration for organic free foods and on their website uh, some of those free foods would include like grapes and apples and mushrooms and so forth that'll be from 11 to 1 on Sunday February 6th February 12th what we call hot resin wave painting class. This is just in time for Valentine's Day. Valentine's is the 14th. This class is Saturday the 12th. And what you do here at this class is you create your own Valentine's painting theme. And after it's done and dries up and so forth, you uh, present it on Valentine's Day a couple of days later on February 14th. And then another class uh, at the Honey Shop is um, February 20th, Making Pasta. The techniques involved in making pasta at home instead of uh, buying it in the store. Then, And, of course, here, when you make it at home, you can use uh, ingredients that you know about. Uh, no, no chemicals or things like that. Making pasta at home. The class is February 20th. On Saturday, March the 5th, from 11 to 2, sourdough making class. People love sourdough. It's one of the lower carbohydrate breads out there. And this is how to make it, how to taste it after we bake it at the class. So you make the sourdough bread right there, and of course you get a chance to uh, you get a chance to sample it after you've uh, you've made it. The sourdough baking class, Saturday, March fifth. Those are some of the workshops. Here's the number to call: seven six six fourteen eighty eight for registration information. The classes are conducted at the Honey Shop, thirteen hundred Park Avenue, Woonsocket. Hello, Mr. Gendron. Good morning, Mr. Bouchard. How are you? Good. Nice to have you on the program. And thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. concept behind uh, this program um, is if there's a council meeting on Monday night, there was last night, we invite a council member to join us in a council rotation, which uh, Mr. Gendron helps me keep track of. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, we have them in, uh, in a certain order, unless uh, somebody is uh, going for a medical test or something like that. We can, we can uh, shuffle the schedule. But everybody uh, comes in on, um, you know, every other week. There are seven council members, and today it's Mr. Gendron, and a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you. 
Now, in other council meeting interviews that we've had, the council meeting lasted three hours, four hours, and we had uh, we, we never got to the material. These latest council meetings, um, I guess uh, COVID-style council meetings, uh, have been um, a little bit shorter than, uh, than the traditional meetings. So we'll use the first part of the interview to cover a few of the items covered at the meeting, and then we'll, um, we'll talk about some other things that were not on the agenda last night. Are you ready? I am ready. To be interviewed. All right. Looking at the agenda itself, uh, I was uh, trying to figure out what I found to be the most interesting story. And, and basically, not much was said about what I think could be one of the most interesting stories um, in the next couple of years. And that was at the end of the agenda where uh, the council um, decided to go for a workshop session concerning the watershed grant agreement. And uh, so uh, just give me a, a moment to give you my thoughts as to what I think this project is about, and then maybe you can fill it in. I, I have the feeling that this is uh, the rebuilding of the bypass, and that um, part of the rebuilding of the bypass um, is that when we rebuild the bypass, we're going to redesign the, the drainage system so that the water doesn't end up in the Blackstone. And also, I think we're going to pick up the bike path there and reduce the the pathway of automobiles. And I think it's going to cost a lot of money. And I think it's going to be paid for by the feds mostly. And it's going to be done in 2024. You are on. You're right. Thank you. And okay. our next question. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so this is what that resolution was about. Um, the reason why I had gone right for a tabling is because... When the administration had come to the city council uh, months ago, and I think it was October or November, they had said that they wanted to use some funds to get engineering done to lay out a proposed plan. Um, and then this popped up on the agenda, um, and it looked like they went from the planning to the implementation without, um, as they had promised, coming back to the council with an explanation. So uh, I, I don't want anyone to read into the fact that we asked for a tabling. It was simply that we want to know the steps and what's happening with the process and hopefully it's it's what we originally envisioned like you said, where we're going to create a linear park all along the, um, the Truman Bypass and it's something that I think it needs to be discussed because is is that the route that we want to take? And now that the engineering is done, we have something concrete to look at. So uh, I requested a work session for possibly uh, January 30th and um, or 31st, whatever Monday is. And um, But I've already been notified that a few individuals are not available for that night. So it'll probably be a different evening uh, to schedule a work session. But that is what that's all about. It's a huge project. Oh, yes. And uh, it's a multi-million dollar project. And uh, I, um, I think um, it'll be a nice uh, project when it's done. But I guess uh, you want to make sure that you understand it all. And, and I know it's complicated because when I was looking at the agenda of this council meeting, um, it comes in, uh, you can get a, you know, on the, on the website, you can look at the agenda or you can look at the full packet. And I was looking at, uh, 61 pages of information that they gave to the council uh, for last night. And there's a lot to digest because this is a multi-phased plan for redesigning the bypass. Yes. And, and just to, on a personal note, um, 
I haven't been really happy with the way that the um, the bike the bike path was left along the Truman Bypass. Um, you know, when we had first seen plans, it might have even been at the beginning of uh, this mayor's. Um, term or at the end of the last mayor's term, I'm not sure, but we had seen a plan that kind of showed some, this parkway area. Um, so I'm still a little disappointed when I ride along Truman and there's a you know, those ugly Jersey barriers and it's I go into other areas, I use the bike path often, and when you go through other communities, there's a lot of uh, green space and, and really a beautiful look when you're on the bike path. And so hopefully this, um, if this goes through and if this is what the, uh, the wishes of the council are, this will encompass some of that and maybe soften the look of the bike path a little. Well, for some of the renderings that I, I looked in the packet, it looks like... Um It'll be a beautiful project. There's certainly enough money available to turn it into a beautiful project. Absolutely. All right. So um, more to come on the redesign and reconstruction uh, and reuse of the bypass. Um, and, and I guess you'll uh, explore that at a workshop in a little more detail. Correct. All right. Next on the um, on the agenda. Uh, from last night, we're covering last night's stuff first before we get to other topics. Um, the public works director, Mr. D'Agostino, wanted to speak to you guys. And he would like to, um, shall we say, revamp how to uh, extract the gravel from Cass Park. Tell us uh, what you think he was trying to say and what he's going to try to do in the future. Sure. Uh, as you know, or as, as I hope people know, the... The director had come to us a while ago and said that he had a plan for uh, extracting gravel from Cass Park. And um, it was originally put out just uh, 10 days before the previous election as a press release. And it was, um, it was done as a uh, kind of as a, uh, a campaign attention getter. And um, the idea of taking the gravel from Cass Park was, was dropped then. But since then, Director D'Agostino, as he always does, um, has come to the council and given us his ideas. And one of the ideas was to go out to RFP, uh, which he did. And he thought that there'd be uh, a lot of interest in somebody going and taking all the gravel out. What he found is there was absolutely no interest um, to, uh, for anyone to bid on that RFP. So what he's done is he's looked at it, um, and he thinks that if he kind of creates a partnership, I guess, and uh, the city does some work and, um, you know, bring in contractors to do some of the work, that he might have some more interest than he got um, since there was none in the RFP as it was written. What did come out of that meeting, though, interestingly, is, um, and there was some good discussion about it, is maybe... Maybe this is an overzealous approach, and, and maybe now is the time, and we'll discuss it more at this work session that he's going to be calling for. Um, maybe now is the time to go back to the administration's original plan for Cass Park, which they had brought to us back in 2017. And that, that involved, instead of um, this, this huge, uh, massive undertaking of, of stripping the land at Cass Park, the original plan was simply to... Um, put in a football field, which is already there, actually, at the John R. Dion track. 
And um, that area, that's a reg- the John R. Dion track is a regulation track. And the inner side of that track is big enough for a soccer and football field. And that's the way it was designed. Um, and the plan that the administration had brought to us in 2017 showed uh, that football slash soccer field and bleachers on both sides. There's more bleacher space on the right, but there's a little bit of space on the left, which would probably be the, the visitor's um, side. And, and that would create um, exactly what we've been talking about. So maybe um, in this discussion, and that's what came up yesterday, maybe the discussion will take a turn where we'll say, let's get the, the project done. We've been talking about this since 2017. Um, the gravel has only been an issue since the last election. And uh, maybe now is the time that we can go back and, and finally get the football field. And, and it can be a turf football field, which is almost 90% at the John R. Dion track now. Or we could do a synthetic in, in the middle of the track. So I think it's, it'll be a good discussion, and it may not be um, stuck to just pulling the gravel out. All right. Thank you. I'm going to make an announcement uh, unrelated to your visit, uh, but um, it's uh, timely for Woonsocket residents. And then we'll grab a call if you want to throw the earphones on and listen to uh, what uh, you're saying. Where are the yeah, earphones? We, oh, right. He's here, right? Right. See, okay. if, uh, see if anything is coming through, like testing one, two, three. Do you hear anything? I hear you. Okay, good. All right. Now the announcement, um, the city of Woonsocket is making available uh, the COVID-19 rapid uh, antigen um, test kits to residents today at the River's Edge Recreation Complex on Davidson Avenue. And that's going to be from 10 this morning until 1 this afternoon. The test will be handed out by means of a drive through that they've arranged there near the complex's concession stand. So recipients of the free tests must be a Woonsocket resident. You have to show your uh, proof of residency required to pick up. A driver's license will do that. Two test kits will be distributed per vehicle while supplies last this morning. And um, that is um, an encouragement from uh, Woonsocket officials to pick up the free COVID-19 test kit at River's Edge. We expect a good number of people to take advantage of this opportunity today while we're taking steps to manage distribution of these kits in an orderly fashion. Everyone's patience will be appreciated. That'll be today, 10 to 1 at River's Edge Recreation Complex. Any comment on that uh, before we move on? Other than good that they're giving... No, no right? I think it's, it's good that they make them available. And then testing itself is available seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the state-run facility at the Elks Lodge on Social Street. Arrangements can be booked by uh, going to the portal uh, for the state of Rhode Island. And here's the um, address, portal.ri.gov. And uh, you'll be able to register for what they call the testing at the Elks Lodge. That's the kind of testing that you can use uh, if you're going on a trip or something like that and they require some testing. That's the one that will uh, be uh, verified. And the other thing we want to mention is the last city clinic is tomorrow. We'll uh, give it a good plug tomorrow morning. But uh, the city clinic at the Monsignor Gattery. And that's for North Smithfield and Woonsocket. That's uh, the uh, Moderna 1 and 2 and Booster and Pfizer 1 and 2 and the Booster Shot available tomorrow. Last of the four clinics tomorrow. Okay.
Back to you. You all set over there, Mr. Regendron? I am. I have my headphones on. Okay. Let's see if uh, somebody has a question or a comment for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Upfront Program. Hi, Dan. Hi, uh, Roger. Hello. Charlie. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? Good. I, I got a question. Uh, I tried to get last night's meeting. Uh, I believe it was a regular meeting, right? Yes, it was. Uh, was, uh, was it broadcast? So... We're having a problem. It was it was live broadcast, but on the um, YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Jacobs has been working uh, tirelessly trying to resolve a problem. Um, uh, our live broadcasts actually go through Cox Communication, and then it's uh, fed through to Verizon from Cox. And um, so there's there's been a breakdown on some of the equipment. Uh, that Cox has provided to Mr. Jacobs for 20 years now, and that equipment is no longer available. It cannot be repaired, and um, through through the work of Mr. Jacobs and some of uh, the people uh, at Cox Communication, they think they've come up with a remedy to circumvent this broken equipment, but it, it will take a few weeks to get done. So I did know going into the meeting that it would not be live broadcast. It was recorded and it was streamed live on the youtube channel um, I've seen it on YouTube. okay and it will be available for rebroadcast because mr jacobs records it and he he physically delivers that to cox communication for uh rebroadcast so the the meeting is available um to watch but just it wasn't live on cox or verizon last night so but it's only on the internet right no 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 it will be the the replay, which he records and gives to Cox, will be available for replay. So the the, the regular replay times, I believe it's Saturday at um, seven or eight o'clock and eight o'clock. Tuesdays. Um, eight o'clock, you said. I, uh, eight, eight o'clock on Saturdays, Tuesdays at seven. Yes. Yeah, so those those will still be available on Cox and Verizon as they would have been in the past. Can I ask, uh, do you know what, uh, I got Verizon, so I don't have Cox anymore, but uh, do you know uh, what channel it's on? 22. 22? Channel oh, 22, okay. yeah. I tried to get it last night, and I couldn't, so Cox I went 17, Cox 17, Verizon 22. Okay, uh, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Uh, I have one other question. Uh, I, a few months ago, I asked about the uh, thing at the senior center. Maybe you, Roger, or uh, Dan, you can answer it. Uh, about uh, them going out for bid. Uh, they went out for bid. Nobody bid. Uh, and then I heard they were going out for bid again, and I haven't uh, heard anything on it. Uh, uh, maybe it's my fault because I'm not listening as much as I usually do. But uh, I, I would like to know if there is doing something at the senior center for the handicap uh, ramp and uh, sidewalks. Even though I'm chairman of the board, I don't remember. I have <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> you know how I run those meetings, right? Um, yes, I, I've been to a few of them. I, I, yeah. I like to get back to them. I, yeah, I got to find out when they're going to be again. So I'll have to check with Linda Place, see if there's any uh, activity on the, on that. The meetings okay. happen so quickly that I can't remember what happens. I know we paid the elevator bill, uh, but. Um, well, that's good. Right, good. I wish I could use the elevator. Okay, yeah, that's true. It's in good shape. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Right, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good. I hope you never come to one of those meetings, Mr. <laughs> Gender. <laughs> I do know that I run the shortest meeting of any city agency in the city of Woonsocket. 
Well, maybe I could yeah. learn from you for, for the council meetings. Yes, yes, yes. Great. I think the last meeting was nine minutes long. Oh, that is short, yeah. Oh, that was too long for me. All right, now we are back to the Upfront program, and uh, let's look at the docket from last night. And um, we don't get paid for that uh, board. Maybe we no. can look into that. Huh? The sure. stipend from the yes. federal, federal from, government. For American Reserve Funds. Anyway... Let's get back to the docket, um, and and then uh, the other part of the program, we'll talk about non-docket items uh, from uh, from the city of Woonsocket. So this guy, uh, Greg Duhamel, um, he um, uh, uh, he's well well intended meaning here of uh, of making sure that our historical cemeteries are kept up. What was his uh, message uh, for the council last night? Was it informational, or did he ask you to act on anything? Well, I think it was mostly informational, and, and he was actually very interesting to listen to. He, he brought up some good points. He was quoting from some old um, century-year-old uh, speakers and, and books that he's read, and it was, it was an interesting thing. And what he ended with was a little bit um, convoluted, but he said that he wants to be able to put up monuments for some of the unmarked graves. So... He didn't go into, you know, if it's on city property and he's asking the city council for permission to erect a monument where it's city property, I, I guess that would fall under our purview. But if it's private property as what the Cato Street area, I don't know that the city council can give permission to erect um, monuments on private property. There mm-hmm. may be, you know, state law or federal law that would permit that, but I don't know um, exactly uh, what what that ask was, but I I do say I, I give him a lot of credit because, like you on the on the senior center board, he's not getting paid and he's he I've seen him out there on weekends and working in the, the these burial grounds clearing them up and he he wants to see the um the the honor that should be given to our deceased relatives uh, the the correct um, attention and he's been doing that so. All right, well, maybe I ought to give him a call and bring him in sometime, and maybe we can do a program on the whole idea of historical cemeteries in Woonsocket. That, so would, be, that would be a good topic. Greg, if you're listening, maybe we'll uh, do a show on that. Other topics from the council meeting. Here's a topic uh, that I, um, I don't think a lot of people realize, but uh, it's very, uh, very common that the council authorizes either leases or amendment leases to the water tower space for... For cellular companies, uh, I get the feeling that that's a, a you know a good source of income. We got to have the water tanks up there and things like that to begin with uh, for the purposes of uh, of uh, having water and so forth. But we can use those facilities also to bring in dough for the city of Woonsocket, and I guess um, we continue to do that all year long, huh? Yes, and that was uh, Verizon Wireless is currently has some equipment on uh, the water tank up. Uh, off Pockey's Drive, and they're looking to add some additional uh, equipment. So they brought forth a request, and um, with it, we included a little bit increased stipends, and um, hopefully that'll just uh, work its way through like it's done with other uh, wireless carriers. Because, um, as you say, it it can be a good revenue source, but it also, um, you know, there can be some issues for the, the water tanks themselves, so we have to be sure that whoever's up there is, is doing things properly, too. 
Could you uh, get me the annual income, uh, not uh, for this program, but uh, but uh, I would imagine that if you asked for it, you probably would get it. Oh, maybe 20 minutes sooner than I would get <laughs> I was going to say, no. do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not, that the, not that they respond that quickly to uh, your request. But anyway, I'd like to know, can, you know, how much uh, income uh, a year we get from, um, from the uh, cellular companies. Because it seems like it's well over 100000 bucks a year. And, I, and then some. No, I will ask the question. Yep. And I, I'm going to ask Director Chamberlain because um, we joke about it, but more times than not, she uh, she responds quickly. She's, she's and, cooperative. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I, I will be happy to um, put that request out and I'll let you know. All right. Last thing on the agenda that I'm looking at, but you can comment on uh, other things as you look over it. But uh, uh, leasing uh, motorcycles um, for the city of Woonsocket, I think uh, uh, Councilman Gillette asked. Public Safety Director Gillette, what do we use the motorcycles for? And I've seen them um, in use, and I, I think we've had motorcycles right along in Woonsocket, right? And so this is just a, a reaffirmation of uh, continuing that practice. Yeah, we, we did have motorcycles years ago. Um, they went away for a few years, but under Chief Oates and his administration of the police department, they, I believe it was three or four years ago, they asked for to bring back the motorcycles and um, this lease that we approved yesterday was simply a renewal for new motorcycles of the current lease that we have for the motorcycles that are going to go away because um, they're, they're not the type of equipment that are worth uh, maintaining so they rotate them every I believe it's every three years this is a three year lease so um, you'll probably see the same request in another three years Break time is coming up in a moment. Can you look at the rest of the agenda and see if there's something you'd like to comment on uh, from the agenda? And if not, when we come back, uh, I'm going to uh, go all over the place with one socket business with you. Anything uh, on the agenda? Yeah, you think? A, a few things I'll bring up, but you want to do it no, now? Or? You do right now, please. Okay. Yeah, sure. So um, there was... Um as, as people know, we have a consent agenda that is uh, provided. It's communications that come in from all different people, the directors and different uh, entities. And um, usually we'll receive the consent agenda and just take it and that's it. But um, last night there was a request from two of my colleagues, Councilman Knoyer and Councilman Ward, to take some of those items out for discussion. And one of them um, was the bids report. And Councilman Ward, had uh, he's looking for additional information to be provided going forward. And as we said just a few minutes ago, Director Chamberlain agreed that that would be something she would do. And she's always cooperative and tries to help. So she's going to address that. Um, but the interesting thing was um, when Councilman Kanoya got into the staffing report. And, um, you know, we had a staffing report that shows 22 vacancies in city employment. Um, but then... As we ask, that report goes back to December or November, and um, we have additional openings. You know, there was a a gentleman in the building department that left, uh, leaving a vacancy. We still don't have a a tax assessor. We we, uh, were led to believe that there was a person, well, not led to believe, we were told that there was somebody who was interested from Arkansas. And uh, if we could adjust the pay that they would be willing to come from Arkansas to be the Winsocket tax assessor, that we found out last night um, fell through. Mm-hmm. And he refu- he uh, didn't take the, the position. So um, it's just the, the vacancies are, are 
growing, and we got to you know we got to keep an eye on that because uh, the more that we see vacancies, especially in critical areas like the tax assessor, um, that can affect greatly affect the city operation and budget, and um, so we're, we're trying to keep an eye on that, and that's why Councilman Knoyer took that out of the consent agenda for uh, a discussion, and I think you'll see more of that going forward. Going back uh, uh, under the consent agenda, you gave us a clear explanation of the uh, staffing report, but I didn't understand what you meant by bids report. What? Uh, could you explain that a little bit further? Yeah, sure. So once a month, um, we want a report on uh, RFPs that have gone out and the bids received and if, if they were uh, awarded. And what Councilman Ward was looking for was an expansion of that report to say um, this bid was received. These, I mean, this RFP was put out. These bids were received. And a bid report to show who the different people were that were responding and um, why if, if – and they're not obligated to take the lowest all the time. Um, it's the best report the best response so um he wanted a better explanation so that when we look at it we can know who responded and why this particular one was chosen so that was just a an expansion of the reporting from the uh, director of finance one uh, listener says uh, holly davidson motorcycles look cool and work well on the highway but there are better options for um navigating city streets um Dual sport motorcycles have versatility. I don't know anything about motorcycles, and I got the feeling you don't no, either. No, I don't. Right. I, I right. do not. I've never right. been on a motorcycle. <laughs> so we'll let uh, we'll let that uh, emailer's comment stand as read. Now, Roger, let me just ask you. I've yes, never sir. been on a motorcycle, but I hear you have been. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have <laughs> okay. indeed. Right. Me, me and one of my cousins did a motorcycle excursion in Nevada. And, uh, never to be forgotten. Yes. How I told you. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh, those are uh, those are the good old days. Back in a moment. Scott McGee of Remax Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Good morning to you. Let me see. Um, oh, you want to hear the uh, that story too? Huh? All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was another motorcycle story. Back to Scott McGee and his uh, piece of property here. Florida Street here in Woonsocket is our uh, featured property today. And this is a new listing at 24 Florida Street at 294. A nice uh, two-family with two to three beds per unit. Great for owner <laughs> great for owner-occupied since it sits with a huge yard. You can host all the family parties. Uh, Play wiffle ball or any sports uh, you want. Ride your motorcycle around there. Overall, good shape. Needs uh, some of your uh, finishing touches. Uh, plenty of parking. Garage could be removed or could be rebuilt. Your choice. Come on in and check it out. Cash or conventional only for purchasing. 24 Florida Street in Woonsocket. Nice piece of property. Scott McGee uh, has it, and he would love to show it to you. Next, uh, let's talk about our good friends at um, Savini's Pomodoro. They're open at 4 today. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses, and, of course, our traditional 
traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Hi, this is Gina Savini, inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. And Savini's also has uh, the soup and salad bar available, and also one of the new additions uh, that uh, has been uh, drawing a lot of attention on uh, on Facebook is uh, Savini's is offering uh, Roger Savini's um, authentic recipe chicken soup that you can get uh, by the container to bring home. And there's uh, actually an image of Roger right on the on the container. Yeah, you can get Roger's famous chicken soup with uh, all the uh, special ingredients that uh, Roger has developed in his recipe at Savini's Italian Kitchen and Bar. We're going in there this week to celebrate a birthday at Savini's. It's a nice place to do that, too. Looking at my uh, little schedule here, I think I have another advertisement that I want to uh, take care of. And uh, that would be to remind our listeners that um, Champs Liquors for Keyway always has uh, a good deal on wine. Imagine getting two bottles of wine for 10 bucks, right? All the time. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring flip-flop wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of flip-flop wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy, check out the Stella Rosa collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes, including peach, blackberry, blueberry, watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light, 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Dan Gendron is our guest. He's the council president. And um, so I gave him an opportunity to um, mention a few things that uh, were on the agenda, like uh, the... Uh, he, a couple of the council members wanted to talk about the consent agenda, and they did. And uh, so you explain that. Anything else from the uh, agenda, or are we going to go freestyle? No, go ahead. Go go freestyle, Roger. Freestyle means I uh, get a chance to go all over the place. When you have these uh, workshops uh, uh, coming up for, for uh, let's say, uh, the gravel, and you have a workshop... Uh, Coming up for the uh, other topic, uh, the Main Street Bypass. Who attends? Does the mayor attend? Uh, does her, uh, um, who is, I mean, does, how's your council attendance? Did everybody attend on the council? Um, no, we, we haven't had, um, I, I can't remember the last time we had a, a, a full uh, slate of councilors. Um, we've, we've had, you know, you can, you can see how um, 
there's been some people who have missed meetings. Um, but the to answer the first part of your question, the um, we haven't seen the mayor. She doesn't come to the meetings too much anymore. Uh, her directors are usually there. Um, director D'Agostino, director plays, um, director uh, Chamberlain, the public safety director Gillette. Um, the solicitor is usually there. And, and the last few meetings, interim director uh, DeBroyce from planning, he has been in attendance. So we don't seem to have a lot of public attendance. We had a few uh, individuals that were there yesterday at last night's regular meeting. But at the work sessions, we don't get much for, by way of the, um, you know, public attendance. But um, I, I'm trying hard, and I, I will fight as much as I can to keep the meetings live. I've never been a fan of Zoom. We we did it when it was necessary. I think um, I don't like it at all. No, no. And, and I think it's it's more productive when we can be live together. So... Uh, as long as we've adapted to the governor's executive order to accommodate his needs. But um, attendance has been uh, pretty good. But the thing is, the important thing is that we've kept business running and we've kept the city council active in, in handling city business as, as needs to happen. I want to talk about the middle school for a second. I know you can't talk much about it. Well... Uh, but um, anyway, yeah, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot at it. The old middle school. So to some people in our audience, uh, middle school doesn't mean anything. To me, it was the old junior high and the high school at one time. Then that building was turned into the middle school. Uh, then it was abandoned uh, for the, per the construction of new middle schools. And, um, and so let's go back to the old middle school. We have a real estate agent that you guys hired to go and find a buyer for it. I think he's found somebody that's interested in the middle school. Um, and it sounds like a combination of um, maybe apartments and some kind of agriculture built in. But you know what bothered me? The other day I heard one of the council members, it might have been Mr. Ward on another uh, radio show, um, say that um, he didn't like the plan. It was and was going to vote against it. I mean, so but I don't even know what the plan is. I'm not even sure you know what the plan is. And I am, you know, if I'm on the council, I'm, I'm almost desperate for somebody to uh, do something with that building just for the sake of the neighbors who have to live in that uh, combat zone. All right, I'm opening up to you. It's a free-for-all. How do you want to handle the old middle school building? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it with information that I've acquired outside of the executive session um, so that way I'm not divulging anything uh, specifically from that and once things are public I'm happy to talk about it so um, I will tell you we had a, a few interested parties um, with the realtor that we hired and um, it dwindled down to one group that was showing interest for the third time in that property and um, back I believe it was in October, maybe November, we had asked the solicitor through that applicant's attorney to answer some questions about their intended use for the property. And we were waiting, and through November and December and into January, we weren't getting any answers. Um, and I continually harassed the solicitor saying, 
what is the intended use? What are they going to do with the property? And he, he would continually reach out to their attorney, and their attorney couldn't get the answers from the developer. Um, fast forward, a, uh, a single sheet of paper, similar to that one that you've got in your hand right now, Roger. Yes. That single sheet of paper was presented to the council as the plan. Um, unfortunately, that plan from this developer, which we received very um, at the last minute and which has since subsequently been made public, um, that plan showed a development of 750,000 square feet of that building. And their intended use for those 750,000 square feet of the building. Unfortunately, the building's only 212,000 square feet. So they listed development ideas and concepts totaling 750,000 plus um, in a building that they are very much familiar with um, of 212,000 square feet. So I think when you hear somebody like Councilman Ward saying he doesn't agree with it, it's because obviously um, how, how comfortable can you be with that type of development plan when it's not even realistic so um there was a number of of issues about uh growing things in the building Mm -hmm. and um i think those are uncomfortable subjects for some people and um especially in a residential area you know that that may not be as much as we don't want it to be a combat zone we we don't want to go from bad to worse um there was talk about a trucking facility um that would be i think not uh, cohesive with that neighborhood, so those are the things. And I, and I can't speak for Councilman Ward, but I think when when we received that information, it was a little bit startling. So what has happened is since then, um, we've been informed by the uh, the realtor that he has a couple more people interested, and in that um, I believe this week he's taking a couple uh, prospects into the building. And we'll um, we'll be touring the building for hopefully some new interest. Uh, for the benefit of the council members who may be uncomfortable with hearing uh, that uh, agricultural uses inside a building like that would be for hemp or marijuana, I don't think anybody should be uncomfortable with that anymore. As um, as this whole issue is uh, quite legal in Massachusetts and will be legal in Rhode Island shortly, we already have marijuana growing or uh, or similar type uh, facilities all over the place. And I don't think it's uh, the trucking. I can understand uh, Park Place is uh, not a uh, area for uh, for semi-trucks, uh, that's for sure. But uh, other gr- other agricultural uses, whether it's tomatoes or hemp, I don't think is a big issue. And I don't think any council members should get too shook up by it. And I don't I, think it attracts a bad element. Uh, no, and I don't I don't think it was that I don't because I, I've spoken with Councilman Ward. He's not a, I don't think he's opposed to the hemp um as such, but the problem was they had indicated that about two hundred and fifty thousand square feet mm-hmm. would be for the growing of hemp. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bigger than the whole building. So yeah. if that's if that's ultimately going to be their right. plan is to just grow hemp, I think that is not good for the neighborhood. Hey, if they're uh, talking about uh, doing a four-acre project on a one-acre land, which is basically, yes, you know, yes. I mean, I can understand why you guys are reluctant about that. I would be reluctant, too. Uh, but I'm hoping that that was just a 
tremendous oversight on the part of somebody when they brought it in. I'm sure the real estate agent must have known that, too. He knows how, how big the land is yeah, or no, how he, big the, 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 the site is. He's been trying to get yeah. information with us. So it'll, it'll uh, it, you know, it, hey, let's face it, he's bringing other people in. It could yeah. spark them to... Uh, to get things together. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe, uh, you know, there might be some other developers out there. All right, thank you on uh, what we call the Park Place uh, issue here in Woonsocket. Um, American, American Rescue Funds. Do you feel as a council president that um, uh, you are, you know, sort of in the game in terms of how these funds are, are going to be uh, used? Do you have a a guy by the name of Mr. Luber, um, you know, working at Daly and City Hall. But uh, does Dan Gendron uh, feel that um, $26 million is uh, out there and 13 already in and 13 to come? Uh, you, you feel you know where those funds are going and you're up to date and and uh, in the loop in terms of planning that uh, expenditure of money? I do. And I, I do think that it's a, a situation where we've had to force that cooperation and that collaboration, but it has been working well. And Mr. Luba um, has always been willing uh, to deal with the council when, when he has to. So he. he <laughs> <laughs> when he has to. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So he, you know, we've, we've made it policy that. He has to bring that those plans to us, and, and as you saw in the last time, we amended those plans um, to make it the council's uh, wishes as well. And I think everything works out. You know, we've got a number of things with the, the water meters being replaced, the um, the street lights being changed over to LED, uh, road repairs of uh, I think upwards of. Three million, three and a half million for for road repairs. So we've got a lot of projects going, um, and and the thing is, there's a lot of talking about projects. So we got to get these things moving because, you know, the LED lights. We we were talking about this two years ago when I was on this radio station. So um, we we got to get things going. But I do think um, there's a, a good cooperation. Um, with with Mr. Luber and and the uh, the plans for the expenditure of those funds. Could you hand me over the newspaper that you have in front of you? Uh, it's the uh, current edition of the Winsocket called today's edition. Russ Olivo. Uh, let me see if he wrote the story. Yeah, he did. Russ. Um, I thought he was retiring. He was supposed to leave any moment now, but he's still there at the call, and we're happy about that. Oh uh, yes, that Russ is still around. He writes a story about Paulette Hamilton, and uh, Paulette Hamilton. Uh, uh, is a, you know has been in the lieutenant governor's office when uh, Dan McKee was there, and and she continued to serve in uh, the Dan McKee administration. According to this story, in the call today, she'll be leaving her post for the um, for the state of Rhode Island and coming in as the uh, downtown uh, executive director of a group called the Downtown Woonsocket Collaborative. Which, interestingly enough, when we had uh, Garrett Manseri here a couple of weeks ago, he said it hardly pays anything. Right. Right. And uh, so the question becomes, and I'll ask the mayor tomorrow. Now, she's not a big fan, the mayor, of the Downtown Woonsocket Collaborative. And yet, Paula Hamilton has always been friendly with her. They've always gotten along. Yes. So I'm wondering how this is going to set with her. But you're not her, so I'm going to ask you, what... Uh, having read this story written by Russ Olivo, what do you think 
might be going on in the background if you have any thoughts at all as to why Paul at Hamilton would uh, decide to do this job and leave the state employee. So I don't know. Um, when I read the article, the one thing that jumps out at me is that there's a provision um, in the their charter or their bylaws that says that the uh, executive director can get up to 10% of all grants that they apply for and receive. So I guess there's the hopes that if you can bring in enough grants that that would be a lucrative uh, employment situation for you. Um, I am not opposed to the downtown collaborative. I think that, um, they, hey, let's face it, they, they do a nice um, party on the bridge. I've, I've been to that. I enjoy it. I think that it's nice. They've, they've uh, always um, played a part in the holiday stroll. Uh, which I was uh, part of in the past, and um, they've been helpful there. My feeling, though, when you talk about this type of organization, is it's ultimately to see the revitalization of Main Street. All of these things can can play a part, but you need private investors. And government and public entities like this... Um, can't have enough resources or the ability to do these projects. It, we need to bring people in. Now, maybe uh, Ms. Hamilton has some expertise um, through her work at the governor's office that she'll be able to encourage private investors to come in and invest in Main Street. Um, so I, I wish her luck because I, like every other Winsocket, I would love to see Winsocket revitalized. Um, but unfortunately, that only happens with good private investment. And, um, you know, somebody like this, she may know those people and, and can be the difference. But uh, I don't know. I think it's her personal role that will play a bigger part than um, the downtown collaborative. Um, but maybe she's got some expertise with uh, bridge parties and stuff. So she might be able to. And make that a little bit bigger too. Just for the record for our audience, the downtown Woonsocket Collaborative is not a function of Woonsocket City Government. They're private and uh, they, they do not have an office in City Hall. They are not City of Woonsocket, right? No, they are not. Correct. Final comment. Do you have anything you'd like to uh, throw to our radio audience uh, before we leave? Um, Sir? No, I, I think that you covered everything. I, um, I, I appreciate the time to be on the radio with you, Roger, and um, whenever you need a call in, please don't hesitate to reach out. I know your number, thank you. And I left enough time to do a Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery commercial. So that's how I'm going to close it. Thank you for being here, Dan. Thank you, Roger. All right, chocolate and strawberry boats for the winter season. In the bakery case at Wright's Bakery, we also have banana chocolate chip muffins. And don't forget our classic cream puffs available daily. And also Napoleons available, including our classic vanilla and maple frosting with walnuts. Boy, are they good sounding. And you'll find them right at the bakery at Wright's Bakery and Dairy Farm. On the, uh, on the dairy side, we have uh, strawberry milk that we're offering here in the month of January. And, of course, we have our traditional low-fat, 2% low-fat, our whole milk and our skim milk. And uh, in the bakery, we have fresh baked bread. We now feature chocolate or almond vodka bread. And so if you're looking for uh, great food uh, in terms of uh, 
shall we say, uh, bakery treats. You'll enjoy the cow cake squares from Wright's uh, Bakery. Two thin layers of chocolate cake with a thin layer of chocolate mousse in the middle topped with fresh whipped cream. Another one of the featured items at Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery, 200 Woonsocket Hill Road. They opened at 8 o'clock this morning, and we welcome you to visit them and enjoy their great treats. Tomorrow, another edition of the Upfront Program. I'm Roger Bouchard, and I'll be here then. Bye-bye.